to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Lamb. Houston has the Oilers, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. For any of you who don't know, that's the Houston Oilers fight song. And boy, I love hearing that. The song and that Love You Blue team captured the city of Houston in the late 1970s. The reason you're hearing it is because Houston Oilers linebacker Robert Brazil, one of the stalwarts of that Love You Blue defense, was just inducted into Canton, Ohio, the NFL Hall of Fame. And in just moments, I'll play the conversation I had with Brazil a couple of years ago. At the end of that interview, I asked him about the Hall of Fame and if he's thought much about it, who he wants introducing him, and what he might say. Of course, the main thing is we finally get to hear his Hall of Fame speech in just a few months. Hallelujah. If you don't know what his credentials are, Brazil was a seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, and a member of the 1970s All-Decade team. One of the all-time greats, Lawrence Taylor, said, without him... There is no me. Quite a bit of praise from Lawrence Taylor. Brazil was the precursor of the modern outside linebacker. One last thing before I play for you my conversation with Brazil. This is a joyous moment for this particular Oilers fan myself, but it comes with a little melancholy because when Brazil gets inducted to Canton, he'll be the last Houston Oiler ever inducted. It's the end of the Houston Oilers on the biggest stages in pro football. On the other hand, I can't be more thrilled for Brazil, who wondered if he'd ever see this day. And, of course, I can't be more excited to hear national conversations about my childhood team and Love You Blue. If you just started listening to Houston Sports Talk, you can go back in our library of shows and find the podcast entitled Oilers Love You Blue Special to hear memories of the Oilers from the former players and those who covered the team. Everybody from Dan Pastorini and Hall of Famer Elvin Bethay to John McClain and Oilers voices Jerry Truppiano and Tom Franklin. Now let's hear from Robert Brazil himself, who I caught up with in the Texans practice bubble a couple of years ago. I started off by asking him what he remembered about coming to Houston more than 40 years ago and seeing the Astrodome for the very first time. Well, I had the pleasure of coming out to Houston prior to seeing the Astrodome. We played, I played at Jackson State. We came out to play Texas Southern. We didn't play in the the uh, dome, but I had a chance to see it. But to be able to get drafted by the Oilers and to be able to make in that place, changing the name from the Astrodome to Dunes Dome, I had a lot to do with that. <laughs> What do you remember about coming to Houston right after you got drafted and just being in this city and, and the atmosphere? Much smaller town at the time. Wasn't quite the metropolis that it is now. What do you remember about that? Although metropolis for you, coming from Mobile and Jackson State, I'm sure. Well, it was. It was a great con congestion for me. First of all, when I got here, I saw that the city was divided. We had half the city pulling for the Cowboys, and I was drafted by the Oilers, and that was a no-no for me. I had to come in and establish myself as an Oiler and make my team like the Houston Oiler team, not the Houston Dallas Cowboy fan team. What's your favorite memory from, from the Astrodome? Was it that pep rally in, in, in 1978, the, the two pep rallies in 78 and 79, but the first one specifically in 1978, was that was that your best memory or was it a game? No, I think the best memory was the last time I played in the Astrodome. I had not known I was going to retire that year, but it something came about me in the feeling that this was my last game. 
We, I saw something on the wall that nobody one else seen. I saw the writing. We had traded bomb away over New Orleans. Some of my teammates was over New Orleans, and I felt like, wow, this is my last season. I'm going into my 11th season next year. Let's make this a great game. I had a great game, but something about that game stuck with me, and it wasn't nothing that I did. I don't know if it was a sack or how many tackles I got. It was just the feeling that I got of the people that was in that Astrodome. I was at the memorial service a couple of years for Baum, and what do you remember about meeting Baum uh, just that first time you you talked to him and met him and when he was named the, the Oilers coach? Well, the first time I met him was we had flew in over to, to negotiate my contract, my parents, my coach, and my agent, uh, Bud Holmes, and my mom and dad. And Baum walked up to me and uh, didn't have too much to say. It's just that I felt like, again, Here's my new dad. Uh, the, the way he approached things, the way he handled things, laid back, it wasn't like he put the nothing on me at that time. He just said, I'm glad that you are all. I want you to become my all, and I got some great plans for you. What are your plans? I said, I want to make your starting team. He said, well, you get first shot in August. <laughs> Earl Campbell, you played with him, but you also played against him in practice. Were, were you allowed to hit him? Or maybe more importantly, was, was he allowed to hit you? <laughs> no, we had some drills that we did third up a little bit. We had a saying, and I think that saying saved a lot of Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers was not on our schedule. We played Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and those guys on Sunday. Baum had a no physical type of practice for us. We never had a full-scale square scrimmage. We would come up and bump each other. If that got two out raised, he would blow the whistle and say, that's enough. But the Houston Oilers is not on our schedule. When uh, Oral was drafted, did you think that things are going to change here? This could be somebody that could really raise the level of the game in, in Houston? I think that was the missing key. Um, when you have a defense like we had, we had two. We had a great defense. It was we had built a great defense from from Teddy Washington, Steve Connor, Greg Bingham, Rob Brazil, Evan Bethay, Curly Cup, and Andy Doris. Hey man, you talking about two Hall of Famers? Our set of linebackers was taking no for an answer, and the secondary that we were saying, boom, all we was missing, we had a long threat with Kenny. A short th threat with Billy Washington Johnson. We didn't have the type of running back we needed. We needed an Earl. When we got Earl, that's what we were, we, we, we was ready to go. What was it like to play with a, a Hall of Famer like Elvin Bethay? What was it like to line up next to him every game? Well, being the oldest in my family, I never had a big brother. But when I came to Houston, I had all big brothers because I was the youngest cat on the group and all league cats had five or six years in the league. And it was like, this is what you got to do if you want to stay here. And to have those guys as a leader and as a brother, I was I felt in the right place. You were one of the key guys as far as initiating the 3-4 defensive system. You were one of the first ones to be that rushing outside linebacker in a 3-4 what did you think when you first got into that system, and how much have you seen it change over the years when you when you watch NFL today? Well, I think what you, what I did and what they're doing now. Back then, I had to be a versatile linebacker. 
I had to rush, but I also had to go man-for-man coverage on some of the best running backs in the league at that time. I had to drop back in the zone or in the nickel coverage. We had, they didn't bring nickel backs in. They put me and Bingham in the middle. We had to cover running backs coming out the backfield and wide receivers. I remember covering Nate. Oh, the guy from Miami. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Nat Moore? Was it Nat, Nat Moore. Nat Moore coming out the backfield. And so nowadays they don't do that. You got designated pass rush. You got designated covering guy, which I think is great. But it's a big change in the 3-4. You had a lot of characters on those teams. Uh, who, who is the guy that stuck out? Is Who is the craziest or most interesting guy to, to, to talk to every day? Was it Dan or was it Carl Mock? Or who, is there a guy that really was like, this guy, I can't wait to go, go see what he's up to today? I think it was the season. I mean, uh, the, uh, the, who had the best night that night? Uh, you want to hear what Dan did. Uh, maybe you want to catch him on a Friday or uh, Saturday practice. Uh, during the week, Carl Mark kept us all up with the rah, rah, rah. And... Well, I mean, Stimmick. You got, you got Greg Stimmick. You got, we were the host of characters on that team. But we were all like brothers. So we all, we, we, we got off on each other, shall I say. If you were to talk to Bill O'Brien, what would you tell him maybe that the Texans could do to bring a little bit more of that sort of chemistry that the, the team had with the town and maybe that the players had with each other with Bum Phillips? What could you tell him maybe something that you guys did to, to make it, to, I guess, start that camaraderie and build that chemistry up, not only between each other, but also between the fans? Well, I think he knew need to do it. I mean, it's chemistry everywhere. Bum had a, had his own style. Bill got his own style. Bill just got to win. I don't know how he's going to do it. But when you go to winning, some kind of way, your wagon will get full of the fans and more fans that want to be a part of your winning program. I think he got everything he needs. I mean, I'm a true believer in J.J., and he got help. He got some new linebackers in. Hey, man, that just, oh, he can always draft Robert for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody like J.J. Watt before And your 45 years, I guess, of b- being around football? I always wanted, you know, if I got a kid somewhere. I think he got some of my DNA in him. <laughs> but, no, no, all jokes aside, the guy is phenomenal. He's a great ball player on and off the field. I respect him and hope that one day he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Finally, what are you up to today? What's Robert Brazil doing? What's the latest with you? Well, uh, as of last year, I retired from the Mobile Public School System. I've been working with kids ever since I left Houston. You uh, work with special needs kids, right? Special needs kids. I mean, this was something I felt was needed. I had been an all-pro on the field, off the field, but I hadn't been an all-pro daddy. I had a son, Trey, lost his mom out here. And I said, when I, get, when I retire, I'm going to go home and try to be the best father to him and to other kids, and that's what I've been doing. Since I've been retired, I've been doing a lot of fishing and staying on the road. You lost your wife, you talk about it, in in 1984 when you decided to retire from the Oilers. What would you tell somebody that kind of goes through that? You've had to live through that that kind of war and and deal with all that. I I think what you got to do, and this is my decision, I had two parents, and to lose a parent, I bet being back then, it would have hurt me real bad. So if you got to go through something, you got to man up. If either you're the mom or you're the dad or you got to be both of them. So all you got to do is man up and deal with your daily problems on a daily basis. Just one more thing, because I was just thinking about it. You, you're a guy that people talk about should be in the Hall of Fame. 
Have you thought about if, if, say, one day you got into the Hall of Fame, who you would want to introduce you and maybe what you would want to speak about? Do you, do you think about that? And do you have an idea of, like, this is what I would want to talk about if I got up there? This is the message that I would want to give everybody about my life. Yes, I have thought about it. I have spoke. I even went to the shower and made my speech two or three times. Different speeches. The person that I want to introduce to me should be in the Hall of Fame himself, which was Bob Phillips. And there's other guys that's out there that I think deserve it. I have another idea of things that I want to do. I have some Spanish-speaking grandkids that live in Chile. So I would like for one of them to speak it in Spanish while the other translated it in English, and I would talk about my life history. Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time with me and thank you for what you, you guys did for Houston back in the late 70s. It was such a special time. I don't think anybody that wasn't there can understand how unbelievable it was. I get emotional every time I see the old the old stuff, and it, it's really a pleasure I, to get a chance to talk to you. I know, Zach. Right now I'm standing here with chills because Houston made Rob Brazil the man he is today. The fans here, the people here, the ownership, Mr. Adams, the people that I had around me was a, a, a group of guys that I would never and ever forget. These guys are like brothers. I know it's sad to say this, but when all of us leave, that would never be another Houston Oilers. Thanks again for listening, and if you're new to the show, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. If you have an Android device, download our free Houston Sports Talk app. You can keep up with this show and my daily Locked On Texans podcast on Twitter and Facebook or by going to HoustonSportsTalk.net or LockedOnTexans.com. Because we're the Houston Sports Talk.